The Cincinnati Reds opening day lineup is going to provide plenty of excitement. I'm going to tell you why I see that happening on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong addict of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned that addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. Talking Reds is what I do, and I want to talk Reds with you. If you're listening, I encourage you to hit me up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in the comments section. And when it comes to Lockdown Reds, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we are your team every day. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the lineup and how I see it shaking out, how I believe the opening day lineup should be. We're not talking about an optimal lineup. We're talking about the opening day lineup against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Before we get into that, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. They're the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, and where we are going to start today is with the top of the lineup. The Reds need to get their pitchers an early lead in most games, so they have to start fast with that top of the order, and it all starts off with Jonathan India, the guy who came into camp saying, I want to be a vocal leader. I want to be a leader on the field in the clubhouse. I'm ready to take that mantle. We all know he's cut 10 pounds. He's down. He's got speed up. Added a couple of miles an hour to his sprint speed reportedly. We've seen it a little bit in spring training. He is definitely willing to take a steal, take an attempted steal, of second or third and really try and get an extra base for this team. He's healthy. He looks great in camp. I've seen lots of hard contact. Very happy to see exactly how he's played because I'm encouraged. I think Jonathan India is ready to go. And I think that we have figured out, or at least he's set himself up to figure out that he is a leadoff hitter. We wondered at the end of last season, is he going to be the guy in the top spot? Is he going to be the guy that we know can lead this lineup? Or is he somebody we got to move down in the order? Not going to be a problem anymore. Plus, I had an interesting stat from the, and this is throughout his career so far, which obviously is not very long, but in 774 career plate appearances as a leadoff hitter, Jonathan India is getting on base almost 36% of the time. He is a reliable source of base running, a reliable run scoring potential, and you want him at the top of the lineup. I don't think anybody is going to disagree with him being the leadoff hitter. Somebody might disagree with me on, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to try and convince you why this dude should bat here. He's done this in spring training a little bit to this point. I want Tyler Stevenson batting second. Listen to me on this one. He's the best hitter in the lineup, and I don't think that that is hard to uh, to figure out here. I don't think there's much debate on that. Tyler Stevenson, when he's in the lineup, the Reds scored one more run per game on average. We're talking about a little over five runs a game with Tyler Stevenson in the lineup and a little over four runs a game with him out of the lineup. 
that means he's their best hitter. He's the guy that you want to get key at bats. And he could be a one-two punch with Jonathan India because with runners on base last season and 145 at-bats, in fact, I, I take it back, not last season, in his career, in 145 career at-bats with runners in scoring position, he's hitting 303, and he's got more hits, 44 of those, than he does strikeouts. Only got 33 strikeouts in 145 at-bats with runners in scoring position. He's the guy you want up and you're going to say, Jeff, well, that runners in scoring position stat makes me think cleanup or third. I think he is best suited for that second spot. We talked about this a lot with Joey Votto a couple of years ago, how his best spot was in the second spot in this rotation. I think that's where Tyler Stevenson needs to be. And this is really where the first inning takes off because the Reds need to score fast. And the way that I see this happening on opening day, the Reds are going to face a right-handed pitcher. They're going to probably face either Rowanzi Contreras, maybe Vince Velasquez for the Pirates. I don't think Rich Hill is their opening day starter in Cincinnati. So I think that this is going to be a right-handed pitching situation. So yes, we have two righties at the top. In fact, we're going to have a third righty coming up here. But with what I'm expecting from the Pirates to be on the mound... I think the Reds can start fast with India and Stevenson going one, two, and then you add in that three, because like I said, top of the order has to set the tone. Top of the order has to start fast, get Hunter Green a lead after he's already got three outs. Now he's coming back into the second inning. He's got a a little bit of a cushion to work with, and you're going to get that with Will Myers hitting third. When it comes to Will Myers at Great American Ballpark. We've talked about him and how this could be his moment to really kind of explode a little bit for his career. He's played a little bit to this point. It's not as if he's a spring chicken, but he's also not an old wily vet coming out of nowhere trying to resurrect his career. He's had a pretty solid career. In fact, he is a guy who starts fast, which is why I want him batting third, because during his career, he has hit more home runs in the first inning than in any other inning. He's hit 23 first inning home runs. Now you're saying, Jeff, that kind of sounds like a little bit less there, but when it comes to his career, he's never hit any, he's never hit more home runs than any other inning. So he starts off fast. I want the Reds to start off fast, hit him third, plus with runners in scoring position for his entire career. Now this is 844 at bats we're talking about here. He has a slugging percentage of 498. Yeah, he almost slugs 500 for his entire career with runners in scoring position. And you got Jonathan India in front of him who's going to get on base. You got Tyler Stevenson who's also going to get on base because he's going to hit and he's going to walk and he's going to be there for him. Will Myers is going to be able to drive in runs from that third position. And the best thing about him, no platoon splits. You don't have to worry about who's on the mound whenever Will Myers is at the plate because he hits righties, he hits lefties, doesn't matter where they throw from, he hits them well. Put Will Myers in that third spot because the top of the lineup has to set the toe, has to start fast. I really, and I'm hoping, and this is looking far ahead now, we're 15 days away from opening day um, as you're hearing this on Wednesday, or if you're hearing this later, then obviously it's shorter. But we're to the point that I, I kind of want to look at this and say, I want the Reds to be on the board before Hunter Green comes out for his second inning of work. I feel like 
that's where we're really going to put Hunter Green in a good spot. And I think that is going to be the case. If you put Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, and Will Myers at the top of the order. You know, the guys who will fan a flame into a fire are coming up next. The middle of the Reds lineup. We're going to talk about them here in just a moment. But first, I want to talk about the sponsor of today's podcast, and that is FanDuel. We're brought to you by FanDuel today. And look, we are 15 days away. I already mentioned that from opening day. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The Reds have plenty of guys that are in the Rookie of the Year campaign, plenty of guys uh, that you could throw a couple of dollars on, and they've kind of got long-shot odds. But I think there's an interesting number there when you're looking at Ellie De La Cruz because I believe he's going to be the first one up. I think that, you know, and we'll talk about this a lot tomorrow uh, with Steve, but I think that when you look at the guys who were sent down to minor league camp, Ellie De La Cruz is going to be the first up. Take a flyer on him for the NL Rookie of the Year award. And don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 and bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're the official sports book of Locked On. And sports gamblers in Ohio and all over the country can put a couple of dollars in your pocket by listening to Locked On Bets. Uh, download and subscribe to Locked On Bets for daily picks and analysis wherever you get your podcasts. And coming up tomorrow, I already kind of mentioned this, uh, are the Reds suppressing the youth movement? They sent down CES to minor league camp. They sent down Ellie De La Cruz. They sent down Matt McClain. So, and they also sent down Ricky Karcher and Casey Legumina. So Steve and I are going to discuss, is the youth movement getting suppressed here? I've got some thoughts on that, and that's coming up tomorrow. But let's talk about the middle of the order on opening day. They're going to keep it going. This is the part of the lineup that can either mutate a rally or start one of its own. And it's going to start off batting fourth with Jake the Rake Fraley. Yes, last season, whenever he really took off. I mean, you're talking about the final 53 games of the season. You're talking about he went down to AAA to work on some stuff, and he came back up in July. He he was dealing with injuries. He was dealing with a slump. He went down to Louisville to work on some stuff, and he came back up, and he never went back down because he was on fire. His final 53 games of last season, he slashed 295. That's his batting average. 377, that's his on-base percentage, and wait for it, 526 for his slugging percentage. He absolutely raked and earned his nickname. Now, that nickname came over from Seattle with him. That wasn't something we came up with. In fact, uh, Tydane Gonzalez over at Lockdown Mariners shouted out that nickname, I believe it was on Twitter, early on in the season whenever he hit his first home run as a Red, and I was all excited about it. But he played phenomenally well in those 53 games. He had 51 hits in 53 games, and he only had 42 strikeouts. Jake Fraley 
played very well. And I think that, you know, getting caught up and talking about all of the new guys and all of the young guys that we could see this year, we've kind of forgotten about Jake Fraley a little bit. He's a guy that still has something to prove because I believe you can make the argument for him being a fourth outfielder on a playoff team. I don't think he wants to be that. I think he wants to be one of the starting outfielders on a playoff team. This is the year that he could prove that. Now, how does he prove that? That we'll get more in depth on Jake Fraley as the season goes along because the biggest bugaboo for him is left-handed pitching. But the reason that I like him in the cleanup, the cleanup spot is when he hit fourth last year, which, by the way, was more than any other spot in the lineup, he had an OPS of 840 a very nice combination of getting on base and slugging. And plus, and I don't want this to be the case, but if you're going to, you know, go one, two, three in that first inning, Jake Fraley batting fourth, then he leads off the second inning, he could switch his mentality. He played a little bit of leadoff last year as well. So you're getting a little bit of versatility out of your cleanup spot as opposed to having, you know, Joey Votto or something like that hitting cleanup. I think Jake Fraley would be a good candidate to hit cleanup on opening day and maybe early on this year against right-handed pitching. For the fifth spot in the order, I've already mentioned his name. It's Joey Votto. And I think I forgot to mention this when I talked about Will Myers, but Will Myers batting third, he's going to play first. I want Joey Votto to come into opening day healthy and ready to go. I believe he's going to be that. I think that the reason that he came back now in spring training was because now was the point of no return. If he didn't start playing when he did, he wasn't going to play on opening day. But now that he's back, he's going to be there. The best way to really help him out, though, the best way to set him up for success on opening day, though, is going to be to DH him and bat him fifth so that he doesn't have to you know, really you know, gear up for that top-of-the-order type deal. We talked about this before, Steve and I, on the idea of him being the comeback player of the year. It's probably not going to be that way in the first month because you're talking about a huge surgery that he's coming from, and Joey Votto is a notoriously slow starter. But hitting in the fifth spot, I, I, I just think that this is kind of the key spot for him because it's Interesting to note, in his long career, he doesn't have that many plate appearances in the fifth spot, but he does have 142 career plate appearances, and he has an OPS of 874. Now, that could be a long time ago. I can't remember too many times when he actually hit fifth, but I think in this lineup, the way that we have it set up, you start fast with the top three, you got Jake Fraley batting in fourth, and if the rally is going, Joey Votto can drop you in a nice line drive single and just keep everybody moving. He could clobber a home run and just get everybody everybody in the stadium pumped up. Or if you're trying to start a whole new rally in the second inning with Jake Fraley leading off, Joey Votto has hit second plenty of times. And if Jake Fraley's on base, Joey Votto knows what to do with that. So I'm thinking him batting fifth. Then batting sixth, we begin the official full first season of Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer's going to play third base and bat sixth in my opening day lineup, and he's got that plate discipline and the ability to hit to all fields that we're looking for here because he's the kind of guy, and he had a small sample size, I know, but in 14 games at third base, he had an OPS of 869. 
talked about OPS it's on base plus slugging, and he had a batting average of 273. He played pretty well, albeit he got a cup of coffee last year, so everything's going to be with the caveat of small sample size, but he's hit pretty decently this spring as well. He's looked pretty good at the plate. In the field's a different matter, but I think that's going to just come with the territory. He's a rookie. Things are going to be a little bit... I mean, they're not going to be completely polished at the beginning because, hey, he's a rookie. He's green. That's what happens. But Spencer Steer, I think, is a great candidate to bat sixth because I think that of the guys who are breaking camp with the team, he's got the best shot to really make an impact because I love the guy that we'll talk about batting seventh. He's a guy I've talked about a lot. But Spencer Steer looks like the kind of guy who could be a stalwart on a Reds playoff team in the next couple of years. He looks like he could be a leader in the lineup, and I think that he deserves to hit sixth on opening day this season. Plus, and again, this is even tinier, but I think it's worth noting, in 18 at-bats with runners in scoring position last year, five hits, six walks, four strikeouts. Not bad. This is the part of the lineup, though, that when I look at it, they can really take a rally and turn it into something big, or they can start a rally of their own. You know, the bottom of the order is no slouch. It's a little bit of a wild card, a little bit of a, you're not sure what you're going to get, but the upside is there. Plus, they could turn the lineup over with men on base, and I think that is a huge deal. I'll tell you why, coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to let you know you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including on YouTube. Make sure you're following us on YouTube and make sure you check us out this Friday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We've got our final Aloha Friday of spring training. Yeah, I know it, it sucks to say the final Aloha Friday because we've had a lot of fun doing these during the offseason. Steve and I have. It's been great interacting with you guys. We're, we're going to plan some stuff this year to go live, probably pregame and things like that. And of course, we'll let you know whenever we uh, get those plans in place. But this Friday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, our final Aloha Friday live edition of the podcast. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. And if you're watching here on YouTube, it's just right here below me. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, the bottom third of this order is a wild card. I have that on the screen here on the little rundown. Uh, by the way, I, I, I love this graphic setup. I'm still figuring out how to do it with, uh, you know, co-host with me and Steve. There's a little bit of moving parts there, but, you know. That's a little bit behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't really care about. Just want to let you know, every so often when we go solo, this could work, and it's coming to the show hopefully here pretty soon. Anyway, the wild card of the bottom third of the order is going to start with Will Benson. And Will Benson is a wild card. Make no mistake about it. Guy's got talent out the wazoo. Absolutely amazing power and speed. This dude could be electric also has that potential to strike out. That's why I kind of want to see him at the bottom of the order to start the year so we know what we're getting. So Will Benson knows what he's getting because he got a cup of coffee. He's just like Spencer Steer in the idea that he got a cup of coffee last year with the Guardians. But even uh, Terry Francona talked about he didn't really do didn't really do Will Benson a service once he got up because, I mean, they're in the middle of a playoff race. 
And here comes this rookie who's just trying to cut his teeth at the major league level. It's kind of hard to start him over guys who have played for a while, veteran players that have helped the Guardians get to that point. So I understand when you look back at his statistics from last year, you're not going to see much because the Guardians weren't giving him much. And in the very little playing time that he got, he just didn't get a chance to shine. But what we've seen in spring training has been phenomenal. Whether you're talking about in the field, on the base paths, or at bat, dude can play. And I want to see him play just about every day. He's a guy that doesn't have platoon splits per se. He doesn't slug as well against left-handed pitching. He's a left-handed bat. He doesn't slug as well against left-handed pitching as he does against right-handed pitching, but he still has a comparable batting average, and he still gets on base. And when he's on base, that stolen base chance, that the threat to steal is always going to be there, and the pitcher is always going to have to keep their eye on Will Benson. He is not a guy that once he's on the base pass, they can just forget about. I am ready to see. Plus, he showed it a little bit yesterday in the game against the Royals, but he showed it all spring. He can have scrappy at-bats that just drain a pitcher. Kind of bats like we're talking about seven, eight, nine, ten pitches. He is a asset in that regard. And if you can put him at the bottom of the lineup when the pitcher's just trying to throw strikes, you put him in that seventh spot, you're really going to wear that pitcher out for whenever he turns back over to the top of the lineup. So I love the idea of at least at the early part of the season hitting Will Benson seventh. I think he's got an upside. He could hit in the top of the order by the end of the year. We just got to see a little bit first before I'm ready to put him there. Batting eighth and playing right field, since Will Myers is going to play first base, we're going to have T.J. Friedel batting eighth and playing right field. T.J. Friedel has absolutely earned a spot on this opening day lineup with his play this spring. I have been a skeptic, and I'm not going to lie about this. I've, I've been a skeptic about T.J. Friedel because when you look at his stats last year, everything was just kind of okay. In fact, his OPS plus, he was a little bit above league average. And this is an interesting thought, too, because we talked about this a lot with Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer's OPS plus was like 86. (laughs) Excuse me. TJ Friedel's was 101. I mean, he was a better hitter than Kyle Farmer. And he's played well this spring. He deserves an opening day starting not. Now, he is a guy that's kind of like Jake Fraley, can't hit lefties. I firmly believe that the Pirates will be starting a right-handed pitcher on this game, on the opening day game, so I think T.J. Friedel will get the start here. Plus, an interesting uh, tidbit on T.J. Friedel, he has a 329 on base uh, whenever the bases are empty. So whenever you need somebody to get on base, T.J. Friedel is decently reliable at doing that. It's almost 33% of the time, so that's kind of cool. Um, and plus he can steal a base when needed. We, we talked about how the stolen base number was not kind to the Reds last year. He was second on the team. He only had seven steals, but he was second on the team. So he can do that. And then batting ninth and playing shortstop, Jose Barrero. Yes. Look, it's no pressure here. He just needs to go up and have good at bats. And when you bat a guy ninth, if he, if he goes off, great. And if he falls off the earth, it's not going to kill you. Jose Barrero's to the point where his final chance is now. And with the Reds sending Ellie De La Cruz down already in camp, they gave him a vote of confidence. And they said, all right, you're starting the year as our starting shortstop. So he's got to show up. 
and he's got to show out. The problem is I don't want to count on him for anything. And if you're not going to count on a guy for anything, you're going to bat him ninth. And he's got the athleticism that if he gets on base, he could be an asset as a guy who's on when Indy and Stevenson come back up as you flip the lineup over. But if he gets out, that's not going to kill you. It's not going to be a detriment. This is where the wild side of the wild card really comes into play because I don't know that I've really seen a whole lot from him in spring training that is leading me to believe that he's changed. Yeah, he's changed his stance. He's changed his, you know, he's added the toe tap. He's changed his swing a little bit, but what's the, what's the result? What's the end result? Still not sure about that. And for a guy that I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of, but I'm sure I want to see play and I'm sure I want to see him prove it to me. I'm going to bat him ninth. And that's where Jose Barrero belongs. All right. This lineup, I believe, is better than people are giving credit for. People are looking at this lineup and saying, they're going to be lucky if they score a pair of runs, let alone any at all. But I don't think that's the case. I do think the top of this lineup, when you structure it in the way that it's India, Stevenson, Myers, could be so deadly. And I'd be very interesting to see how they attack Pirates pitching. And that's going to wrap us up for today's Locked On Reds. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Coming up tomorrow, are the Reds suppressing the youth movement? Steve and I will discuss. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you fantasy draft strategies that will help you get that dub. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Just like Locked On Reds, they are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And as we get closer and closer to opening day, you can count on Locked On Reds to bring you daily updates as to what's going on with the team. Steve and I are going to be all over the guys who were sent down yesterday, which was pretty much everybody we thought had a chance to make the roster out of camp. And we're going to be Locked On Reds every single day.